I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Andrew. And this is Personal Best. Dance like no one's watching. I think we've all heard that phrase before. It's the kind of inspiration you find framed and hanging in your aunt's bathroom. It's a nice idea, but what do you do when people are watching and you care deeply about what they think? Meet Julia. So we've already done a Julia this season. Don't be confused. Different Julia. This is a completely different Julia. Different Julia, new Julia. This Julia is dealing with something even messier than dating or dancing. Eating. I'm like a chronically messy eater of epic proportions. Can you just list for me all the weird places where you found sauces on your body parts? In my bra, on the back of my head, on my socks. Yeah. And, oh, and the back of my knee. One time I sat on a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's strange, right? Unlike most, Julia isn't phased by a loitering breadcrumb, a mustard stain, or smearing penne across her friend's floor-to-ceiling drapery. She owns it. Or at least used to own it. That's exactly what happened. In my 20s, it was super adorable that I always had sauce on my face or on my friend's couch. But then in our 30s, when we're all acting like adults, making our own money, some of us are responsible for other human beings. I think just as a grown woman um, interacting in society, it's just not cute anymore. Julia has a real job now. She dresses in blazers and blouses, looks snazzy, keeps it professional. But there's this anxiety that bubbles up at every office party, every business lunch. I have to tell myself, like, no matter how good those menu items look, if you're with this particular group of people, like, you have to not order the ribs or the wings or even the pizza. I can really, like, screw up a room with some pizza as well. Not limited just to sitting on it. Like, I look at other people wearing white clothes, and I'm like, oh, I wish, I wish I could wear white clothes. So it's like, we got to take you to a rib fest wearing head-to-toe white. Oh, my God. (laughs) And if you could come away with that, you are like the grandmaster. If I could walk away from a rib fest wearing all white and not have a speck of, like, hot sauce on me, but I I want my ribs to be, like, sloppy and gross, like, just covered in sauce. And then I probably would add more sauce. I get why eating in front of people is stressful. It's hard enough for me. I can only imagine what it's like for someone like Julia. You're super aware of talking and chewing, but you're also trying to be completely casual and natural. I think it might be helpful for us to actually see Julia eat something. I think it would also be entertaining as well. I've spent the afternoon covering every surface of my kitchen with tarps. It's a little creepy, though, if you just came in here. Yeah, it seems like a lot of tarp. We've invited Julia over. Hey, Julia. Oh, 
Dexter. <laughs> it does look like Dexter. Listen, I'm just taking the proper precautions because we got a table full of the messiest foods for Julia. Wings, spaghetti, hot dogs, red wine. I feel like I'm in a heartburn commercial right now. I feel like I am too. <laughs> Our plan is to document how Julia eats. Here we go. What happened next, I was not ready for. There was liquids everywhere. There were things I couldn't identify on the floor. There were sauces mixed with other sauces. We needed the help of a professional, someone who could make sense of this grisly scene. So I think that there's lots of things going on. We have a lot of stains that surround the back two legs of the chair. Those stains are a menagerie of substance. This is Chelly Rossi, a veteran blood spatter expert. It appears that the offender was um, not stationary, but they were carelessly, you know, up and walking around. Being allowed to try to use a spoon and a fork isn't suiting the eater very well. So let's then start with 5A. We have what I identified as a splash pattern, and it looks to me, without being able to really do an analysis, that appears to be a wing. It appears that the wing then took flight, and it landed on the target before coming to its final resting place. So there's a lot of force that caused it to roll, similar to what we would see, like, say, with a rollover car wreck. And there's one last thing that Shelley found particularly troubling. And then it appears that buffalo sauce contaminated the white sauce and not that the white sauce contaminated the buffalo sauce. So my opinion on that is the dip was first in the buffalo sauce, second in the white sauce, and not the reverse. So what we have here is the classic fingerprints of a double dipper. Double dipper. What would be your best guess as to what, what happened here? A tantrum. It, it looks like a big, big tantrum. Okay, so this is a big problem. But I don't think it's a problem with eye-hand coordination. Hand-eye. Hand-eye coordination. Hand-eye coordination. You said, you said eye-hand. It's hand-eye hand coordination. Eye. Yes. I have to just be more careful and focused on what I'm doing instead of thinking about the next thing that I have to do. It really is about distraction and thinking ahead. And it, I guess it's almost anxiety in a way. You know what? I'm not even thinking about the food. I'm thinking about the next thing I'm going to be doing, right? So she's in a rush. She's distracted. And that might be the reason why she's so messy. I think, and I know this is a buzzword and I don't totally know what it means, but I think it's an issue of mindfulness. Like I have to be more mindful. See, when I hear mindfulness, my eyes just kind of glaze over. I don't know. It's like Julia says, it's a buzzword. I would never sit and watch a sunset slowly descend. Why not? I think it's boring. I also, um, the idea of meditation boggles my mind. <laughs> I think that learning how to be mindful and how to be in the moment, like, these are concepts I hear people talk about all the time. You see like inspiration memes online about these things. And I am frustrated because those memes are very uninspirational to me. To me, that's like Instagram mindfulness where it, it's meaningless. 
being embodied, being in some sense in equilibrium with the comings and goings of the outer world, and even the comings and goings and the ups and downs of having a body. I felt wonder, sacredness, a real deep peace. And it's even been said to have like healing effects on the human body and mind. I rest my case. Yeah, I hate this too. Julia detests the idea of mindfulness as much as we do, but we both know there's got to be something to it, something useful there. Because as much as there's stuff that we don't like about it, she still thinks learning about mindfulness is her best bet at eating less messy. So I feel like we need to make mindfulness approachable, teach Julia in a way that's informed by her personal interests and her circumstances, and also something that is rooted in science. And I feel that way because that's exactly what she told us. I need something that's informed by my personal interests and my circumstances and also something that is rooted in science. But first, I need to understand it and maybe along the way, elevate my spirit to the next plane of existence. Luckily, I have an entire afternoon free and a bunch of experts lined up. It's really about just turning your attention to what your current experience is. This is attention training. That's Dr. Patricia Rockman at the Center for Mindfulness Studies. You can actually understand yourself a bit better when you when you pay attention to yourself. You're more aware about your thoughts, about your emotions, about the world around you. That's Dr. Claudia Aguirre, neuroscientist. What do I know about mindfulness? Not a lot. And that one's my dentist, Dr. Phil Giano. He didn't know a lot about mindfulness, but he was very encouraging. You're doing a pretty good job, Rob. Um... I don't have any big complaints. like to see you a little bit more often. So it turns out mindfulness comes to us through ancient Buddhist traditions. But recently, scientists have started using it to treat addiction and chronic pain. There's even this one study where scientists took people who had never done meditation before and taught them some basic techniques. Over eight weeks, they did a series of MRI scans, which revealed a decrease in activity in the amygdala, which is the fight-or-flight emotional control part of the brain, and an increase in activity in the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that helps with decision-making, basically stress management. So there is some basis in science for mindfulness. I also checked out this mindfulness app called Headspace. I'd actually like you to begin with your eyes open. And just taking a big, deep breath. Every day there's these guided meditations that you do. Just allowing the sounds to come and go in the same way that you allow thoughts to come and go. So I actually started using this app every day. Really? Yeah, I, I kind of like giving myself permission to slow down for a minute without feeling like I should be somewhere else or doing something better. Huh. Uh, I don't know 100% what mindfulness is yet, but I feel like I'm getting closer. I actually may have found my own gateway to mindfulness. It's a video game. A video game where you drive a bus from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas in real time. Eight hours. And it was created out of a feud between magicians and politicians. In 1995, people like Attorney General Janet Reno and First Lady Hillary Clinton were crusading against violent video games. They should, this is what she said, teach people to do real jobs in the real world. This is magician Penn Gillette. It's from an interview on YouTube. Penn Gillette of, you know, Penn and Teller. They set out to create the most mundane, most non-violent video game they could think of as a form of political performance art. They created Desert Bus. Eight hours, no other cars, nothing but straight road. There is nothing interesting in the entire game. 
Plus, your bus constantly leans to the right, so you can't just put down the controller. Then after eight hours, you get one point and turn around and do it again. The game's got sort of a cult following, and for the people who are willing to actually endure playing it, I even talked to one of them, the repetition and hours of solitude can actually put them in a zen-like state, not unlike mindfulness. So I figure it's worth a shot. I download a copy of the game, set my alarm, and give Rob a call to tell him my plan. Hello? Hey. Uh, I'm sitting on my couch. I'm about to play Desert Bus. I think this is really good, Andrew. I'm extremely proud of you for some reason. You're about to go on a journey, literally. And all you can do is focus on this journey. I'm really excited to see how it goes. Yeah, wish me luck. Okay, I'm going to go back to bed. Okay, here goes. About to embark on 360 miles. I feel like... I can do it, and getting in the groove a little bit, but yeah, eight hours is going to be tough. I'm kind of discovering new things on the screen to entertain me. Kind of mesmerized by how the um, little little um, pine tree air freshener is spinning, the animation there. Okay, just hit the two-hour mark. I'm feeling pretty good, and I'm sort of like doing some house cleaning in my brain. I'm using this as an opportunity to to kind of think about some things and uh, take stock. I had a bunch of pizza last night and I feel like it was my first time ordering Pizza Hut and being like, I don't know if I like Pizza Hut anymore. So I'm just about three hours into this and I feel like I'm just getting bored of my own brain right now. Oh my god, I, I'm passing a sign. Wow, that was the first thing I've seen for over an hour. Okay, I'm almost at four hours. This is a slog for sure. I was in a dark place. Then Rob came with lunch. Rob's here. Yay, another human. Rob brought me no-name Cheetos, a two-foot-long stick of chorizo, and a ready-made salad, which apparently I didn't eat right. You're putting it in a bowl and mixing it? And tossing it? <laughs> Just put the dressing in the thing and shake it. Four hours in, and I'm definitely bored. But I don't think any closer to mindfulness. Rob's taking over the wheel for a minute. So how would I use some mindfulness tenants to help me navigate this game? Well, obviously I'm an expert. I should definitely be talking on the subject. But from what well, you have, you have read up on it and uh, interviewed people, and right. Okay, so mindfulness is basically it's where we put our attentions, how we focus our attention. So I'm looking at the screen. I can look at the air fresher spin. You can look at the patterns of the sand, how the road looks. You know, our our brain it wants to think about the future. It wants to think about the past. That's kind of where anxiety comes from. But you can choose where you put your focus. So you can focus on the small things. Uh, and every once in a while, just like this bus kind of veers to the right, my attention is going to want to veer off to other things. It's going to want to focus on other things. And I just have to remind myself just to come back to the moment that I'm in and focus on the small stuff, be curious about the small stuff. I like how you said you're not an expert. Then you went into like a good minute and a half, really concise, uh, using analogies and everything about mindfulness. I think that was good. The last four hours went by a lot quicker. So I had a nice pick-me-up from Rob, had some snacks, feeling good getting back in the swing of things. 
at the five hour mark, a bug splatters on the windshield of the bus, which is the most exciting thing I've seen in the last eight hours. Oh my gosh, it was juicy. There was a sound effect. At the six hour mark, I make up a song about the chorizo stick Rob bought me. Oh my God, it's a chorizo stick. It's so long and spicy. Then I was in the home stretch. Last hour, I think I can, I think I can take it. At the eight hour mark, the screen goes black. I got one point. And it's right back. Right back on the road. Alright. So that's Desert Bus. And that's how I kind of learned about mindfulness. It seems like it's about, you know, focusing your attention on the small things to stay in the present. Right. And you couldn't have learned that any other way? Absolutely not. So I think we both have a pretty good handle on what mindfulness is, but we're still no closer to teaching Julia. Right, Julia. trying to make mindfulness more accessible for Julia, who's a messy eater. I think it's because my dad, growing up in Ireland, was one of uh, seven. And he eats like he's one of seven. Interesting. So when you talk about mindfulness, it's like you're not the kind of person who would like meditate or you're not the kind of person who would stay in the moment of something. You're always rushing from one thing to the next thing. Absolutely. Yes. When it comes to learning mindfulness, there's tons of stuff out there. Coloring books, uh, videos for kids. The one thing that you really like, Rob, are these mindfulness apps. Yeah, you, you download them on your phone, you listen to one each day, and they have these activities that you can do on your own. And so I thought, why not make a personalized one for Julia that she can listen to every single day? But it can't be cookie cutter. So I found out a bunch of her interests. So you have a little questionnaire thing that you did with her. Uh, okay. Her favorite song, Britney Spears, Until the World Ends. Her favorite activities, doing Mad Libs, uh, crosswords, only on her iPad though, okay. And her favorite movie, Legally Blonde. Have you seen that one? I have not seen Legally Blonde. Oh, it's good. Elle Woods, played by Reese Witherspoon, gets into Harvard Law School to win back her hunky boyfriend. But along the way, she discovers so much more. MGM Pictures presents... Do you have a resume? It's pink. And it's scented. I think it gives it a little something extra. A comedy about knowing who you are. So every day, Julia's going to wake up to a new customized mindfulness exercise produced and edited by me. And I got a guy here at CBC to help me voice it. Hello, Julia. Welcome to your personalized mindfulness program. Every day, you'll receive a new installment on a different mindfulness technique. Some more very basic, straightforward ones like the Headspace app. Just draw your attention to the act of sitting. All I'm going to ask is you do a couple of deep breaths. So I just finished the mindfulness exercise. I found it really relaxing at first, but then when I was instructed to focus on my entire body, I felt that the result was that I felt really itchy. Some were based around her favorite songs. It's Britney, bitch. You keep thinking and thinking and thinking. You try not to, but oops, I did it again. So these are lyrics from Britney Spears songs. You took them and made them about mindfulness. Changed the nouns. Uh, Britney Spears. 
Uh, talking about mindfulness, I wouldn't say it succeeded in making me more mindful, but it definitely succeeded in um, impressing me with whoever wrote it. I even tried to simulate the success you had with Desert Bus with a bus driving meditation. Hands on the wheel, you turn on the ignition and hear the purr of the engine. You see the sublime expanse of the Southwest. Congratulations, you've received one point. You're a bus driver now. As much as I appreciate it, I didn't really find it helpful. I, I find commuting and driving really, really stressful. And just the thought of Arizona is not a helpful, healthy thing for me to think about. But thanks. But there was one meditation that stood out. The path to mindfulness comes from many different sources. For example, the film Legally Blonde. Do you remember when Elle gives the professor, played by Victor Garber, her resume? He says it's pink. And Elle says it's also scented. I think it gives it something extra. She's right. Mindfulness is all about engaging the senses. The analysis of mindfulness in the legally blonde clip <laughs> made so much sense to me. It made a really good case for mindfulness. A case so good that Elwood's herself couldn't have made a better one. So thank you, and I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Bye. Ah, uh, yes, tomorrow. Julie doesn't know what's in store for her yet, but we're about to put her mindfulness to the ultimate test. It's Saturday morning, and we're in front of Julia's house. I hope this is her place. What we believe to be Julia's house? Hey. Hi, Julia. How are you? Good. Do you remember when you were talking about the ultimate test for messy eating? You said the ultimate test for you would be to go to a rib fest wearing all white. Yes. You're wearing all white, and we're going to a rib fest. Oh. Rob holds up a bag from H&M. So you get to choose your favorite of those clothes, and then we'll return the rest. And then we're going to go buy a bunch of ribs, and we're going to see if you can do it. Do you guys want to come in? Uh, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Julia is about to be thrown mouth first into a festival dedicated to eating fall-off-the-bone ribs slathered in sauce, all while she's dressed like your childhood tennis instructor. In fact, we're all wearing white. We load up into my car, and about an hour later, we arrive at the Rib Fest. The smell of barbecue fills the fairgrounds. From the stage, a band covers Lou Bega's Mambo Number no. 5. This is most definitely a Rib Fest. Do you think you're going to be able to achieve your goal of going to a Rib Fest and coming out here completely clean? There's no, like, baby steps for me, I guess. It's just mindfulness and Rib Fest. Yes. Um... No. I'm going to try, though, but I don't want to set expectations so high for myself. I'm just going to do my best and yeah. hope for the best. I mean, it's a challenging space, not just because of the ribs, but because there's, like, bouncy castles and people, and it's very festival-ish. So there's going to be a lot of distractions. So it's a real test of the mindfulness tools that you guys provided me with. I'm going to have to work against the culture that they've created here, mm -hmm. which is actually really challenging. Yeah, it's instantly obvious. People are staring at us like we're wearing white after Labor Day, but it's before Labor Day, so I'm not really sure what's up. Yeah, apparently you just don't wear white to a rib fest. And if you do and you don't leave covered in sauce, it's very insulting to the people. 
One of those people is Tex. Uh, he's a guy I talked to behind one of the grills. He had a big beard and it's sort of like a mini mop in his hand that he was using to slather sauce on ribs. A sauce mop. What do you have to say to someone who leaves a rib fest with like pristine clothes? They didn't enjoy themselves. If you eat really messy, that means you're enjoying what you're eating. You only live once. So, so bite into life, let it drip down your chin, onto your shirt, into your sneakers. You just said the magic words of what it's all about. Even the children of Ribfest were against us. Why are you guys, why are you guys all wearing white? <laughs> Do you have any advice for her on how to, how to not eat messy? Uh, um, don't eat. <laughs> Eating ribs and not ruining your clothes is hard enough. But we have something else planned. Coming up next is a rib eating contest. Uh, Julia Fratovich, uh, we sign you up for a rib eating competition. Good luck. Uh, Are you f-ing kidding me? <laughs> Who's Julia? Oh, you have a lot of competing to do against these guys, Julia. I hope you know how to eat ribs. You're going to have to eat as fast as you can, but as neatly as you can. So you're hyperventilating, Julia. I, I, I can't believe I'm in an eating competition. All right. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All of our training was leading up to this. And to be clear, all of our training was a week worth of audio exercises you made in your kitchen. Julia has to use her new mindfulness techniques to stay completely clean. And if she fails, I won't be able to return her white clothes to H&M and receive the full refund I'm hoping for. Julia is slightly panicked, slightly mad at us. While the MC is warming up the crowd, we have a last-minute pregame pep talk. All right, so there's external forces asking you to rush, and there's lots of anxiety. Don't succumb to that energy. Don't acquiesce to the energy. Enjoy the ribs. This is your challenge. I have her think back to the Legally Blonde meditation. I have her channel her inner Elwoods. Just remember the pink-scented resume. Smell the resume, see the resume, eat the rib. Okay. Okay. All right. There are a dozen people crowded around the stage of a largely empty fairground. Julia sits at a folding table. At her feet, bottled water and baby wipes. Her three competitors? A bro in a backwards hat. A middle-aged man in a Newfoundland shirt. And another middle-aged man not wearing a Newfoundland shirt. Julia's dressed in white, like a bride at the head table. Her groom is also wearing white. His name is Half Rack of Ribs, and his white outfit, made of styrofoam. Okay, ladies and guys, the first one that finishes the ribs wins. Now here's, here's the thing, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Rob and I are looking on a few feet from the stage, acting as Julia's sort of weird stage parents, shouting instructions and support. Ready? Set, go. Go, go. 
the four competitors get to work. The man beside Julius seems drenched in sauce before the first rib even touches his lips. So here's the thing. There's a way to eat ribs. And if it's not showing on your mouth on your clothes, you have not eaten them right. Don't listen to her. All right? Julia, come on. Don't listen. As her adversaries keep their heads down and tear through their half rack, Julia stays calm and collected. Okay. Oh, Julia, you're, you're catching up, Julia. I am, I'm fine. Julia's secret goal is turning the crowd against her. She's like a gladiator who refuses to fight. Julia, you're not dirty enough. Let's go. You have to, like, rip. Don't be nice to it. They don't want you to be nice. Oh, my God. Her mouth is covered in sauce. Her white T-shirt, though, seemingly untouched. It's the home stretch. Focus on your breath work. I can't do it. Julia has only one rib left in her hand as the guy wearing wakeboard shorts raises his arms in victory. Did you finish? You won. All right. You won. And Julia, you did amazing, Julia. I don't feel amazing. And just like that, three and a half minutes after the contest started, the stage is clear. Also happening in the barn to my left is line dancing. Come on. We head backstage just as Julia receives her constellation prize from the MC. To the victor go the spoils, and to the runner-up, a gift card for laser hair removal. Oh, it's $100 off laser services. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. I asked the MC what her take is. She was amazing. She was impressive, right? (laughs) She was very impressive. Like, look how clean she is. And she ate those ribs like she matched those guys hand for hand, bite for bite. She was right there. Laura, the Ribfest MC, is right. Julia's white shirt has one blotch of sauce, and that's about it. She did great. She hunkered down in a crazy, distracting situation where someone on a loudspeaker was literally trying to make her eat messy. And she held her own. I mean, anyone can be mindful in a Buddhist sanctuary, but being mindful here, this, that takes like a, an extra level of skill, right? It does. It does. And, you know, like you're on display as well, right? And you're wearing weird clothes. And I had to kind of put all of that out of my head. <laughs> you know what? I was like Elle Woods. This is your own Legally Blonde. Yes. I was in a male-dominated field, but I shone through with a smile on my face. And I was mindful. Yes, you you are the rib version of Legally Blonde. That's a, that's like a dream come true. I know. I'm a, a Elle Woods of rib contests. Yeah. Maybe Julia didn't master mindfulness in a week, which I think is fine because people spend a whole lifetime working on being in the moment. But maybe we pointed her in the right direction. It's definitely nice to be able to take a trait like that. And it's nice that it's something that is in my control. Like, I decide when food falls out of my mouth, you know? It's not something that happens to me. I happen to it. You can't just unapologetically be yourself when you're in your, like, 30s, 40s, 50s. You do have to sand down the edges as you get older, or at least learn where to present that aspect of yourself. I'm not fully going to get rid of my messy eating habits because it is part of who I am. After spending weeks concentrating on how not to be messy, we thought of the perfect celebration for Julia. We take her to a park near her house, just beyond the Little League diamond beside the splash pad. So, Julio, what we've done for you is we've prepared a slip and slide. 
full of all of your favorite condiments. <laughs> You're gonna get as messy as possible on a slip and slide overflowing with ketchup, mustard, and barbecue sauce. I'm, I'm not sure I'd even call it a slip and slide. It's two tarps about 10 feet long, held down with tent pegs, lubricated with dish soap and water. <laughs> oh, the sound of that relish. Believe how bad it smells. It smells horrible. It never occurred to us until that very moment that maybe Julia wouldn't want to slip down a tarp covered with dish soap and sun spoiled condiments. Didn't stop me. Rob gets a running start and jumps face first onto the bright blue tarp. Sick. <laughs> this is so great. Let's redo this for Julia. I'm going to do it. Are you guys ready? She tepidly belly flops and slides about half the length of the slip and slide while Rob sprays her with a bottle of ketchup. Yes! This is great. It's kind of fun. And stinky. Did that feel like a celebration? It did feel like a celebration. Is it a good way to end the day? I think the water park's probably the best way to end the day. (laughs) (laughs) This self-help journey ends the way so many have before. Two adults using a child's splash pad as a shower to rinse relish from their armpits. I feel like a princess, you know? (laughs) Vaguely inspirational music, our guest said something kind of funny, sounds like the end of an episode to me. Before we go, I have a follow-up. Being the diligent reporter I am, I caught up with Julia about a week after our slip and slide celebration. She actually said her everyday eating has been way less messy. That's great news. Right. But listen to why she's been eating less messy. I developed a bit of an aversion to condiments. So (laughs) I'm terrified of condiments. An aversion to condiments? Because of the dirty slip and slide. Oh, no. It was the smell of it. I definitely did not expect the stench of it all. So since she now hates the smell of condiments, she uses less of them. That makes her food less saucy, and that makes her eat less messy. We accidentally fixed it. I mean, after all the time we spent on mindfulness and eight hours of desert bus, it was actually the poorly thought-out celebration that worked. Like, I used one napkin at lunch yesterday. I don't remember ever just using one napkin. I'm a multiple napkin girl, but... Now I guess I'm a one-napkin girl. All because we made you do a nasty slip and slide. Yeah. (laughs) Wrap your mind around that one. (laughs) Go figure. So I'm going to go ahead and put this in the win category. Totally. I'm Rob Norman, and this podcast is Personal Best. Andrew Norton produces the show. Yasmin Manturin and Jess Shane are our associate producers. We had production help from Cecil Fernandez and Luke Williams. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder. R.F. Narani is the executive producer of CBC Original Podcasts. Special thanks to Paul Kennedy and the staff of Ideas for voicing Julia's Mindfulness Podcast. I'm Paul Kennedy, and this is Mindfulness. If you want to improve something about yourself, you have to do two things. Number one, believe. And number two, come on our show. Email us at personalbest4life. That's the number four at cbc.ca. You did a great job training your attention. You listened to our entire season. Now, enjoy the nirvana of nothingness. For more CBC Original Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash originalpodcasts.